Hello friends, welcome to Village Idiots of Christ from Nuts for Jesus and Just Plain Nuts. This is, uh, where it's, uh, we're doing Psalms today, tomorrow's Revelation Wednesday, today we're doing Psalms. We're back in Psalm 7 here, it's uh, 17 verses, so we're going to stick with that today, short or long, so, because uh, chapter 8 isn't that long, but let's see here. Uh, we'll see. We could do, we may jump in with 8 on this, just depends, but... I'm running a little short on time here. Got the uh, got that the song out, the uh, the rose by uh, Bette Midler, and uh, so I actually heard a Donna Fargo version of that that was pretty impressive. So, okay, so let's uh, let's jump right on in here and uh, get going. Uh, hmm. Uh, this is a uh, Psalm seven. It says a Shagayan. A Shagayan of David, which he sang to the Lord concerning Cush of Benjamin. And down here it says a Shagayan may be a term derived from the verb to err or to wander. It might also mean wild or ecstatic. It is a poem written in, with intense feeling, a lament to stir emotion. So this is a lament. Chapter 7 here is a lament. A Shagayan is a lament to stir emotions. So there you go. Learn something today. So... Anyway, we're going to jump in there. So this is an emotional poem by David. That dude was an emotional guy. <laughs> Amen. I get David. Not the fighting part. I ain't no good at that. But the the emotions, you know, the heart. Yeah, I get Dave on that part of it. Anyway, let's jump in. Here we go. Oh, Lord, my God, I take refuge in you. Save and deliver me from all who pursue me. Or they will tear me like a lion and rip me to pieces with no one to rescue me. Man, that's the truth, isn't it? Man, we have to take refuge in the Lord. He's the only one that can deliver us from the ones who pursue us. And I mean, Paul, hey, David is real here. Or oh, they will tear me like a lion and rip me to pieces with no one to rescue. Man, you know what that reminds me of? You know, I've seen the pictures, the, uh, the t not the Taliban, but ISIS you know, where they're beheading people and they're using that little knife. They're not beheading them with a big sword and cutting their heads off. They're literally sawing their heads off. And I think about, you know, this, this that would be this kind of a feeling. Lord, rescue me from these people, you know. Amen. Thank God. Thank God for his grace to get anybody through those kind of experiences. Amen. And let's continue on. Verse 3. O oh Lord my God, if I had if I have done this and there is guilt on my hands, if I have done evil to him who is at peace with me, or without cause have robbed my foe, let my enemy pursue and overtake me, let him trample my life to the ground and make me sleep in the dust. That's verses three, four, and five. There's there are different paragraphs here, and we're doing this according to the paragraphs. There was one and two, and now it's three through five. I love this the the confession of not guilt, but if there is guilt. Dave, David was, he, he wanted to be so righteous that if there had been guilt, you know, if he had had, you know, bloodstained hands, for instance, it's an old saying, if they had bloodstained hands, it was like, oh Lord, my God, if I've done this, if there is guilt on my hands, if, if I've done evil to him, was a peace me or let, or without cause have robbed my foe, let my enemy pursue and overtake me, let him trample my life to the ground, make me sleep in the dust. So David was all about justice. This was justice. Lord, if I have messed up the one who is at peace with me, if I've done evil to him, then let me be destroyed is what he's saying. Wow, I love that. I love that. So, Lord, let justice be done is what he's saying. Amen. 
And then we have verses six through nine. Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Rise up against the rage of my enemies. Awake, my God. Decree justice. Let the assembled peoples gather around you. Rule over them from on high. Let the Lord judge the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness, according to my integrity, O Most High, O righteous God, who searches minds and hearts. Bring an end to the violence of the wicked and make the righteous secure. Man, that's good. Wow. There's some interesting things in the middle of this. Let's start again. Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Rise up against the rage of my enemies. Awake, my God, decree justice. So, Lord, so he's saying here, Lord, uh, in with uh, basically, Lord, my my uh, my enemies have rage against me. So, rage against them is what he's saying here in verse one and verse six. Let the assembled peoples who gather around you rule over them from on high. So, again. Be be the, the God and judge of all people. Verse 8, let the Lord judge the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness, according to my integrity, O, o, o Most High, O righteous God. Now, that's an interesting one because it, it it appears to be presumptuous. And I'll, see, I'll show you what I'm talking about here. Um, judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness, according to my integrity. And there's another verse where he talks about the cleanness of his own hands. You can judge your own heart. I, I hope you can. Without pride, you can judge your own heart. In Numbers 12, verse 3, Moses wrote that he himself was the most humble man on the face of the earth. Now, I'm sure God commanded him to write that. But you can, ju- you can judge your own heart and see if you're humble or not. And that's not prideful to judge your own heart. And so he recognized that he was righteous. He recognized his own righteousness. Now again, in the Lord Jesus, we always, you know, our righteousness is not of our own, but it's the Lord's righteousness in us. We know that, and that's common sense, okay? I don't have to explain that to you. But we can acknowledge the fact that Christ's righteousness is inside of us, that we have been made, that Jesus Christ was made sin so that we might be made the very righteousness of God. We have been made the very righteousness of God. Though still of depraved, still though our spirit is still trapped in a depraved mind and body. Our spirit is righteous and truly holy. Our spirit has been set apart with Christ. Our spirit has been made part of the righteousness, the very righteousness of God. So remember that. Remember that you can judge your own heart. And the Bible talks, and the New Testament talks about judging yourself to see if you're in the faith. So you can do an inventory. You can do a, as the as the uh, the alcoholic, as my alcoholic friends say, and from the big book, uh, the Alcoholics Anonymous book, you can do a fearless moral inventory. I like that, a fearless moral inventory, and it is a good thing to do a fearless moral inventory once in a while, just to check yourself and to check your own heart, because because if you got darkness in there, you want to get rid of it, you want God to take it away. Amen. O righteous God who searches minds and hearts, bring an end to the violence of the wicked, make the righteous secure. Now we note there's two thoughts here. Uh, oh, righteous God who searches the hearts and the minds. Uh, it says in Revelation, uh, it talks about the heart and the mind. And um, we, so God does search our hearts and our minds. And again, we can do that as well. We can search our own hearts and minds and bring an end to the violence of the wicked and make the righteous secure. We know at the end of time, at the end of the tribulation that God is going to bring an end to the violence of the wicked and make the righteous secure. And we will not see violence again on the earth for a thousand years until the end of the tribulation, I mean, until the end of the millennial reign of Christ, when the final rebellion after Satan is released, we will see, we will see a violence one last time. But 
after that, when God just when God throws Satan in the lake of fire and destroys all those who follow him at the end of the millennial reign, then we will see no more uh, no more violence. Uh, the wicked will be no more. It'll be over, and uh, then it'll be only peace and joy forever. So, so the the end of the wicked is coming. But we're a little bit off. But again, we are going to get a thousand-year break <laughs> from the end of the tribulation uh, once the Antichrist false prophet are judged and thrown into the lake of fire. And once um, uh, once all the Christ's enemies uh, are destroyed and he establishes his millennial reign, we're going to have no violence, no wickedness on the earth for a thousand years. And... Uh, uh, especially violence, none of that for a thousand years. It's going to be a lovely break from wickedness. Amen. Let's continue on. Verse 10. My shield is my God most high, who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge, a God who expresses his wrath every day. If he does not relent, he will sharpen his sword. He will bend and string his bow. He has prepared his deadly weapons. He makes ready his flaming arrows. God is a fearsome, terrible God. And that word terrible doesn't mean he's a, you know, a bad God. It means terrible meaning just intense and just, um, oh, uh, again, full of wrath. He's, he's no one to be, he's no one to be messed with. God is terrible in that way. Everything, his, all of his wrath will play itself out someday fully. He will expend all his wrath on his enemies. Again, those who refuse Christ will be dealt with, and it'll be on them. So let's let's go break this down. I like breaking these down. We have this, this, and then and then one more um, paragraph. My shield is my God Most High. Isn't it awesome in Christ? Our shield is our God Most High, who saves the upright in heart. Isn't that good? Aren't you glad you're upright in heart through Jesus Christ? Amen. God is a righteous judge who expresses his wrath every day. If he does not relent, he will sharpen his sword. He will bend and string his bow. He has prepared his deadly weapons. He makes ready his flaming arrows. That's 11 through 13. 10 was my shield is my God who, sa who God most high who saves the upright in heart. You know, the Bible's clear about this. God takes no pleasure. Ezekiel talks about this. God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather they would turn. But... When it comes to God expressing his wrath, he's going to. From Revelation 8, verse 2, the wrath of God at the end of time is going to be expressed. Half hour, the final seal is broken, Revelation 8, 1. There's a silence in heaven for a half hour. And then from Revelation 8, 2, following, it's the wrath of God in finality being expressed on the earth. And so he is, again, he is a merciful, kind, wonderful God. But he is also a God of vengeance. When he says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, he means that. He will avenge and repay all sin someday. For all those outside of Jesus Christ, his Lord and Savior, there, um, a, fr um, a friend of mine, his daughter, asked him about my poems because a lot of my poems deal with these kind of subjects because I just go through the Bible randomly and pick things to write about. And sometimes I pick stuff that's hard because it's in the Bible. But, you know, outside of Jesus Christ, all there is is wrath and judgment and punishment and the law. It's only in Christ that we have grace. It's only in Christ we have forgiveness. It's only in Christ that the blood of Jesus covers us. Outside of Jesus Christ, all there is is God's wrath, his justice, his punishment. <laughs> That's the way this thing works. He gave us he gave us atonement for our sin. He gave us the propitiation for our sin, the forgiveness of our sin. That's in Jesus Christ. But outside of Jesus Christ, there is no forgiveness. 
Not everyone is a child of God. Everyone's made in God's image and likeness, but there are many children of the devil on the earth. Jesus called the Pharisees, you're children of the devil. You want to do your father's will. He was a murderer from the beginning. In fact, there's no there's no light in him at all, only darkness. So these kind of verses are hard and people misunderstand God because he is a God of love, but he's a God of justice and wrath as well. I mean, his very nature and character is love. But in his love, he has to he has to judge and punish. He cannot allow his righteousness, his judge, his justice, his perfection cannot allow sin to go unpunished. He's provided a way out of sin through Jesus. He's provided a forgiveness of sin through Christ, which we certainly do not deserve. But he is a God who is righteous. He will be a righteous judge on the final day. And I believe it's it's his son at the great white throne judgment, sitting in judgment of the lost humanity. So again, we have to cover these things. They're in the Bible. We have to talk about this stuff. This is stuff people don't want to talk about. They want to turn God into a marshmallow, into a panda bear. He's a God of love and he wouldn't send anybody to hell, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't send anybody to hell. You send yourself there. He's just the agent of your decision. If you decide you want to go to hell, fine. He'll let you go there. And he's the one who will put you there with it from an angel, by an angel at the day of judgment, depositing you in a lake of fire. And again, these are hard words. But he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He takes no pleasure in the death of anyone. He wishes that all would repent, that that that, that they would not come to judgment. But it's... It is what it is. And so I know I diatribed on that a little bit, but this is important that we cover this because this is stuff people don't want to talk about, which we need to talk about. We need to have a balanced view of our Father in heaven. Absolutely. All right, we're going to finish out verses 14 through 17. He who is pregnant with evil and conceives trouble gives birth to dis, 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 disillusionment. Think of I'm not, we've got we've got to stop for a second. Listen to this one verse. I love the way the Holy Spirit writes. I I, I never cease. Uh, I never get tired of seeing His hand at work or seeing His voice. Think of always saying, "He who is pregnant with evil." He, it's inside of him. He's When you're pregnant, you have a life inside of you. This is like a death inside of you. It's like the death of evil. It's alive inside of you, even though it's dead. It's, that's amazing. He who is pregnant with the evil and he conceives trouble gives birth to disillusionment. Wow. 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 Here, 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 look, listen to the commentary. When allowed to run its course, evil destroys itself. Violent people become victims of violence and liars become victims of other of others' deceit. In the process, however, innocent people are hurt. There you go, and that's the problem. So, he who is pregnant with evil and conceives trouble gives birth to disillusionment. The New Testament has a verse. Um, if the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Man, it's the truth. Man, some people's noonday sun in their heart is pitch black evil darkness. And that's a tragedy. And that's their choice. They didn't have to be that way. They chose that. Yeah, let's continue on. He, again, this. listen to this. Again, very familiar verse, verse 15. He who digs a hole and scoops it out falls into the pit he has made. And verse 16, the, the trouble he caused re, causes recoils on himself. His violence comes down on his own head. Man, let's read 15 and 16 together. He who digs a hole and scoops it out falls into the pit he has made. The trouble he causes 
recoils on himself. His violence comes down his own head. Again, like I said in the commentary, the violent destroy themselves. The wicked destroy themselves. Their violence eventually comes down on their own head. If not in this life, then the life to come. There is no escaping. There is no escaping wickedness. If you've chosen to be wicked and you don't want to repent and receive Christ, you are going to pay for your wickedness forever, unfortunately. Again, I'm not you know, accusing you guys of being wicked. I'm just speaking directly. It's the way it is. But listen, um, let's, let's, let's end on a happy note. Verse 17 is a happy note. I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Man, aren't you glad that we have a God who isn't just who doesn't just punish evil and all this stuff, but we have a God who is love and who is righteous. There's nothing wrong in righteousness means rightness. There's nothing wrong in God. He's perfect, holy, just, true. And his judgments are just and true. He's a perfect, holy, amazing God. And so I will give thanks. And don't you give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness and sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. I know I do. And I know you do too. We sing praise to his holy name, to the Lord most high. And we give thanks to him because he's righteous. I thank God he's not the devil. I thank God he isn't Allah who is, who is precocious, who, because the God, again, the God of the Muslims, you know, he wakes up on the wrong side of the bed and it's your day of judgment. Guess what? You're going to hell no matter how many hajjas and pilgrimages you made to Mecca. No matter how good you were, uh, you're going, you're going to go to, to uh, punishment because he just was having a bad day. We don't have a God who has bad days like that. We don't have a God who's moody like that. We don't have a God who's up and down and wishy-washy and flaky. We have a God who is established in purity, holiness, righteousness, and truth. And he will never de- deviate from those things. He can't change. The Bible says he can't sin. He can't lie. He can't change. Why? Because all of that would violate his character. That's why he can't sin, lie, or change. He'd have to be the devil to sin, lie, or change. And he's not the devil. Aren't you glad our Jehovah God, our I am, our Elohim, that he is everything and he is perfect and holy and wonderful. And we never have to worry about him changing his mind about us about him getting upset with us to the point where he withdraws the salvation from Christ, of Christ from us. He will never do those things. Man, he is, a, he is right righteousness and rightness. And I thank God for his character and his nature, which is love and justice. Amazing, amazing God we serve. What an amazing, amazing God. We are so blessed and so privileged to be his children. Don't ever forget how blessed and privileged you are to be a son of the most high, holy God that we call Abba Father, just like Jesus did. Wow. I'm going to end on that happy note. I hope you're happy. You should be. (laughs) Love you, love you. Talk to you tomorrow.